welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thank you for letting me come and speak today. Um, Pastor Aaron asked me about a month ago that God had already told me that he was going to come talk to me and ask me to speak. So when he asked, I couldn't say no because I was really just saying no to Jesus. Um, I don't have any children, but uh, and my husband, my amazing husband and I will celebrate one year anniversary next week. So, yeah. But um, he allowed me to come and share my testimony about my mom. So it says in Proverbs 31 that her children will rise up and call her blessed. So I have an older brother. He and I are about 18 months apart. And then there's a seven-year gap between myself and the next four. My mom was married at 19 and had my older brother at 20. So she had about two years of college, and then she just really wanted to be a mom. That's all she wanted to do was be a mom and have kids. So that was her passion. When my older brother was born, she said that she was super overwhelmed, um, just being a young mom and not knowing what to do. And he was kind of different. He uh, was able to spell his name and at 18 months and just start asking all these crazy questions about God. Thankfully, she didn't have the same expectation for me. I couldn't spell my name in 18 months. Um, but she just started asking God. She's like, I don't know how to, to raise this son. Like, I'm overwhelmed. And so she just started asking the Holy Spirit to give her wisdom and insight. And one of the things that she did was she just started doing research on the meaning of our names because the Bible talks about how important a name is to a person. And so she dug in deep with that and just started praying those things over us and saw different talents and callings in us. And one of the things that she did was um, my dad came home one day from work, and uh, she said, hey, I've, I've been in a small town in Oklahoma. We're supposed to homeschool. And at this time, we were in a small town in Oklahoma over 30 years ago, so it wasn't like there was a lot of people homeschooling. I don't know that anybody there was actually doing it. And my dad looked at her and said, we're not having any weird children, so we're not homeschooling. And uh, she said, well, will you just pray about it? And he said, okay, I'll pray about it. So he came back a few days later, and he said, I guess God said we're supposed to homeschool. So my parents started homeschooling us, and um, she used that kind of in the same way. So we had all the basic learning, but my older brother was doing calculus, physics, all of that. He graduated from WSU in the top 2% the counting de- with a counting degree. My youngest sister um, is an artist, so my mom just kept pushing her in art classes. She took tons of art classes. She's transferring to WSU next year uh, with a 4.0 to finish that degree. Myself, I just, I love to read. I read all kinds of books. Before school would start in the fall, I had finished all my literature and history, and mom just kept pouring more stuff on me. So, and she's like, one day you're going to write a book. I haven't gotten there yet, but I I did start a blog five years ago. And uh, so I've been blogging that each of her children needed a vision. But she just had this this idea um, that each of her children needed a vision. And so God, God told me today to ask the question, what's your vision? You're astray. But when you're 18, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. And my mom just kept moving forward. And you just pray over yourself. And she's like, we're just not. told us that she believed in healing. And she was like, when you're sick, you just pray over yourself. And she's like, we're just not going to stand for this. And she would do declarations over all of her children. And we began to kind of walk in this and grow in this. 
And it became a, it gave us a vision, a place to go as we got older. We kind of knew where we were going. And there was also not a huge comparison in our family. I know that sounds weird to raise four girls without, without this jealousy between us. It's like you have a vision and you have a purpose and this is where you're going. And she would push us in that direction. The second thing God said today to t- say was to love well. And my mom loved well. She wasn't perfect. She would scream and yell at us sometimes. Sometimes she slammed doors. Sometimes she got upset and threatened to send us all to school or put us up for adoption, whichever came first. Um, I came home from work one day when I was in high school and I walked through the door and she said, I'm going to the bedroom and I'm going in there for an hour and only come get me if somebody's dying. And I knew it must have been a rough day at home with the rest of the kids. And sometimes it's just like that for moms. But she found a way to love each of us differently. And for my older brother, it was just late night talks. I can remember even after he moved out of the house and bought his own house, I could hear the door downstairs opening at two in the morning and here he'd come in to talk to my mom in her bedroom. And we'd go, her, her and I would go for long walks Um, we'd work out together. All of us girls would go shopping. We loved to go shopping with my mom, but everything turned spiritual. So a lot of times we didn't buy anything, but we loved to just sit in the car and talk about whatever God had on our hearts that day and talk about the week. Um, My youngest sister, sometimes they just wanted to just sit on the bed. They just sit on the bed and read together. That's just how they, she reached each one of us in a different way. And she didn't just love us. She loved everybody well. And should be my mom had just this what they could be. Like even if they weren't walking where they should be, my mom had just this ability to say this is who you are and this is how God created you to be. And I remember when we moved back to Wichita when I was nine, um, we were literally moving in that day. We had all the boxes. And this lady, this neighbor comes over and she has a little boy about a year older than me. And she said, hey, my son saw you guys moving in. He saw you had a bunch of kids and he wants to come play. And she dropped him off at the house, and then she never came and got him. So my mom, my parents pretty much raised him. But no. But she, he stayed around, and eventually in high school, my mom ended up homeschooling him as well. We consider him a brother. He's in California now and has two kids, married and has two kids. Um, we would go in high school. I'd go out with all my friends, and we would we'd go party like you know, go to the movies and go out to eat, and it'd be like 10, 30, or 11, and they'd be like, what do you think your mom's doing? I'm like, I don't know. She's probably reading or something in her room. Like, can we go talk to her? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we go back to the house, pile in my mom's room. Pretty certain all my siblings are in there, and we're up till 2 in the morning just talking and laughing and having a great time. And then my brothers would have game nights up and around, and they'd look around Pretty soon, they'd, one of them would look at my brother and go, Where's, is your mom up and around? And they'd look around the corner, and her door would be cracked about that much. And he's like, yeah, that's the signal. She's just in there reading. I'm like, well, I think I'm going to go talk to your mom for a little bit. And so they go talk to my mom for a while. And we were never jealous. Like, we just always, on family vacations, we had people with us. Like, we always took extra kids. Um, I know we love the Cole family. We just sent Tim and Casey off. But Tim was often at our house. He was my younger brother's best friend. And there were a lot of mornings I woke up and he was eating breakfast at my table. And uh, eventually he had his own drawer in the boys' room. He stayed there so often that my mom was like, this is ridiculous. You just need to keep clothes here and stay. Um, But his younger sister went on most of our vacations with us, still goes on vacations with us often. And it was just the way that my mom 
learn to love people. And it says in the first John 4, 11, delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. And first John 3, 18 through 19 says, beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives in great love and action, which will reassure our hearts in his presence. I think I brought a picture of my family. You can put it up there. This was taken about four years ago, almost exactly around the same time. We've added to that. Obviously, I got married, and I have three little nephews now. There's five of them. Um, my youngest, or my oldest niece there is about three. And this was in May of 2017. And about a month later in June, we knew my mom wasn't well. I mean, she'd had some health problems and stuff, but they just kept giving her some antibiotics and didn't really diagnose it. So she had had a test done in June, and they told her that she had cancer. And in July, she had surgery. They were pretty confident that they had caught it in enough time. But when the surgeon came out, he said, I, we don't know if she's stage one or stage four. We're a little confused. And my mom just had this crazy faith that her God was going to heal her. Like she just loved Jesus so much. And we walked through this with her and she actually got so much better after the surgery. Like she was able to do a lot of things she hadn't been able to do before. And she went with us. All of us girls took a girls to school. And so we went to volleyball nationals that year and she went with us. All of us girls took a girls trip and we just had a blast. And then Thanksgiving Day 2017 we knew something wasn't quite right, and my mom just kind of got worse from there. And I don't want to go into her symptoms because I don't believe in spreading fear, but eventually she just kind of went downhill, and uh, she made it to most of my sister's events that year, though, which was amazing. Um, by March, she was requiring pretty much 24-hour care, so we would take turns, my dad and the six of us, taking care of her and um, during the day and sleeping with her at night just to make sure she wasn't by herself. My younger sister had finished most of her school and was actually planning on doing mostly college classes her senior year, but uh, instead she ended up taking care of her sick mom her whole senior year during the day while the rest of us worked, and then at night we would come and relieve her and on the weekends. And that was a really tiring time, I know especially for me, like going to work all day and then up at and we would have just continued to keep doing that privilege as her six children to care for her and love on her. And we would have just continued to keep doing that. We just loved her so much. It was the first part of um, April 2018. It was my brother's turn, older brother's turn. He was with her that night. And she, you know, was getting worse. And she actually died in the middle of the night. And my brother prayed over her, and she popped back up again. <laughs> it was a crazy testament. So we had two more weeks of blessings with my mom. I even made it to a women's conference with her, um, was able to take her in a wheelchair and get her there and back, and that was a huge blessing. But then two weeks later, we took her to the emergency room, and they said that there was nothing else they could do, that that was it, and she was, she was going. And I remember we were all in, in the room at ICU, and the very last words on my mom's mouth were, it's not over till it's over. And she still believed at that moment, any time, 
that Christ could heal her just like that. She passed away. We had her funeral. Three young men in their 30s stood up to testify what she had done for their life and how she'd changed them around. That she saw things in them that sometimes even their families couldn't see. And she just showered them with so much love. The funeral home called us that day and said that they were sorry that they'd gotten so many flowers that they didn't think they would be able to get them all to to the funeral. There were over 400 people that showed up at her funeral that day. We started going through her stuff the weeks after that. And, you know, I remember my mom sneaking in the room, like at night, and she would be praying over me. I could hear her praying over me. I can remember her standing outside of our doors. She just said that God would wake her up in the middle of the night, and she's always praying over her kids. But we didn't have any idea that not only was she doing that, but she was also journaling and writing prayers out. And I brought some, um, a picture of some that we found. These are mine. But there were just pages and pages of prayers and visions she saw for her kids, just like praying for our spouses and our jobs and our future. And we just kept pulling out these pages. It was just crazy. It was such a huge blessing. But I remember I was really struggling those first few weeks afterward, and I was like, God, I had 34 years with my mom, and it doesn't seem like quite enough. But my younger sisters had half that time. And how are you going to make that up? Like, how are you going to make up all my mom's wisdom? And all of a sudden, I just saw myself, and I felt like I was standing in front of a field, and I thought I was in a cemetery at first. It was just like all these little memorials, and God was like, do you know what these are? And I was like, no. And he's like, these are your mom's prayers. They're always before me. I haven't forgotten a single one. Every single thing whispered in the dark, I've kept everything for your future and for your sibling's future. And it talks about in Acts 10, it talks about a man named Cornelius, um, who was a devout um, follower of God. And it says, an angel of the Lord came to him, and he said, what is it, Lord? And the angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Nothing, nothing is just thrown out. Every single whispered prayer is so important to God. A few weeks ago, um, I had to go to the doctor. It wasn't anything serious, but my primary was actually my mom's primary, too. And uh, he's a He's a Christian man, spirit-filled, just love him. And we're sitting in the room, and he bursts through the door and thinking about your mom. And I was like, what's going on? And he was like, well, I've been thinking about your mom. And I don't think you realize that just a week or two before was the anniversary of her passing. But he said, you know, I pray over a lot of people. He said, and he said, some people get healed, and some people don't. And he said, but I've never seen anyone walk out their faith like your mom, total trust in her Savior. And he's like, she's made a profound impact on my life, and I want you to know that. And he said, you know, it talks about in the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 that some of them saw the promises and some of them didn't, not here on this earth. And he said, your mom is in that hall of fame. And you know, it says in Psalms 2.8, ask me to give you the nations and I will do it and they shall become your legacy. Your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth. And I thought about today, and I was like, Lord, if you can give us the nations, then you can definitely give us our families. There's no one that's lost. There's no one that's too far gone. You can turn everything around 
And you know, my mom's passing was hard, and if you want to talk about grief, I can talk about grief. You can watch six siblings grieve. You can watch a three-year-old niece grieve. But my mom's vision was never for a perfect family. My mom's vision was for Jesus. And when she died, the vision still stood. And it was hard. It was hard to walk through. Um, here recently, my niece uh, went up to my mom. We used to, she was three, but we used to take her in the bedroom when my mom was sick. And she would put lotion on my mom's legs and pray over my mom and say, how are you feeling today, Grammy? Are you doing better? And they would play games and sing songs, and she was just so gentle. She just loved my mom. And uh, obviously, it was really hard walking through grief with that, but about a month ago, she looked at my sister, and she said, I want to start praying. And my mom was, she's six now, and my sister said, well, what do you want to start praying for? And she said, I want to start praying for people to be healed, because that's what Grammy said, and she never lied. So a legacy lives in a six-year-old. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things which are revealed and disclosed. It's funny what seems forever. And you know, it's funny what seems like a small thing, but can turn into a big thing. God, about 28 years ago, started the Wichita Area Homeschool Athletic Association here in Wichita. And thousands of kids have gone through that program, and hundreds of kids have gotten college scholarships through it. And really, if you think about it, it was my mom's idea. <laughs> but, you know, I can stand here today and tell you that God is still good. And he's always good. My six siblings all live around here. We still get together every other Wednesday night. I see most of them at least once during the week, if not once every day. We're really close. But, you know, we're, we're don't, I don't want you to walk away from here and, and think that you got to go homeschool your kids, or you got to do this, or there's a list of things I'm giving you, because that's really not what it's about. Each of us have a vision and a purpose for our lives. And all six of us kids, we do things differently. And we have a different calling on our lives. And that's how my mom prayed for us. But it says that um, if you don't have a vision, you, quick, you quickly wander. So the other thing I was asking, wanted to ask you today is, why important that you keep the vision? And so the other thing I was asking, wanted to ask you today is what memorials are you throwing up? You know, you throw up prayers. What are you, what are you throwing up to before your God? What offerings are you throwing up there? Because they're not forgotten. And you might say, well, I didn't, I didn't have a mom like that. But somebody was praying over you because you're here today. So maybe it was an aunt or an uncle or a great grandma. Who knows? But their prayers weren't forgotten. They were still before God. And it shows the impact that we can have on the next generation. So today, I really want to pray over you guys. I want to pray for two things, actually. I didn't do this the other service. Um, the first thing I want to pray for is if you have ever been impacted by cancer, whether it's a loved one, whether you're going through it yourself, whether you just have a fear of cancer, because there's nothing on this earth more powerful than God, and that's including cancer. So if you will stand up, I would love to pray over you. Lord, we thank you for the power in your name, Lord. We know that you are a healer, Lord, but we never put healing before you. 
behalf. That he is always you. Healing is just a lovely attribute that you have, that you give to us. So I'm asking, Lord, for healing today for anyone that's struggling with cancer, Lord, because I truly believe 100% that you do that. So we thank you for that, Lord God. I pray for, Lord, for those who have been wounded by cancer, Lord, that it's ate away at somebody's heart by a loved one, something that's just a wound that they just carry, Lord. I pray that you would go and you would cover those places, Lord God, that you would heal those places. I pray for the minds of those who have been affected by the fear of cancer. Sometimes just the word can send terror through us, Lord, but there's no fear there. So I pray peace on those minds. We just rebuke that fear in the name of Jesus. We pray for love, Lord. We pray for love that's cascading. Lord, we know that love covers so much. And your love has power over cancer, and we just thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that over every single person here, in your name. The second thing I want to pray over, if there's anybody here that feels like they've lost vision, and whether that's for your family, for yourself, and you just want some hope, you just need some hope again on where you're going, and where God's calling you to. Maybe you feel lost as moms and you, you feel a little bit confused about some of your kids and you don't know how to pray for them. God hasn't forgotten. And he knows the vision for your children, even sometimes when you can't see it. So I'm going to ask you to stand and I'd love to pray for some vision over you as well. God, you're so good. You're so good all the time, Lord. Even in the dark places, Lord, where you felt like you weren't there, you were always there. You were always working behind the scenes, holding our hands, and speaking love over us. I thank you, Lord God, that you go before us, Lord, and that you have a future in store for us, Lord God, that you have good in store. I thank you that you know each and every single person in this room, Lord, and anybody watching online, Lord God, you know their story. You know where they're at. You know what they've been struggling with, and you know the secret things they're asking you in the dark. But it says, Lord God, that you want to reveal those secrets to us, Lord, and you want to give them as treasures that we can give to our children in the next generation. So I'm asking today, Lord God, for clear vision. I'm asking that you speak to them through the word, Lord, and you speak to them through your spirit that you would show them, Lord God, the next steps in their life, Lord God. I feel, I feel, Lord, any kind of despair, Lord, that you're gonna turn into hope. I pray for joy abounding. And Lord, I, would show, I want them to see a new revelation of your love, Lord God, because your love, Lord, is what works in the dark places. It's what gives us a reason to keep going on, Lord God. I know, Lord, this, this, this last year has been really tough on a lot of people, Lord God. But you are doing things. I know you're doing things, Lord God. I can just know so much good is going to come out of this. I'm asking for every person that's standing, purpose. And they have an impact on the, on, on the people around them, Lord God. You haven't forgotten them. You're not going to forget them. Here, it's done. The memorial. Putting up right now are memorials before you, Lord God. When they leave here, it's done. 
the memorials are there. We thank you for your goodness, Lord God. We thank you for your continued presence that's always with us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Would you guys give Lindsay a hand? Lindsay's going to come over here, and if you just need some extra prayer, and maybe, maybe you're a, a gal in the house or a guy, and you just, just need that vision, um, just kind of one-on-one, will you pray through this thing with me? She'll be over there. She would love to pray uh, with you. Uh, we're going to stand up together. Will you guys do that? And uh, on this Mother's Day, as we close out, we're going to sing this song together. But he, we thought, I, I love the perspective that Lindsay was bringing. Her mom, who's now passed on, her legacy is still living on. So on this Mother's Day, I want you to hear that you have a legacy that you're planting right now in your life. This goes for men and women, but I want you to hear that you have this legacy. And we said this in the last two services, I want to say it again, the greatest inheritance that you will leave on planet Earth will not be in a bank account. The greatest inheritance that you leave on planet Earth will not be something that you've built on ground somewhere. The greatest inheritance that you will leave on planet Earth is to love well in Jesus. So you've got this opportunity to begin to pray this vision in. Vision in to your kids. Vision in to the neighbor kids running around. Vision in to those that you love. Whether you've got babies of your own or you're shepherding others, that you're praying this vision in. And that you're loving well. And here you see it. Over and over and over, a legacy has been left. Why? Because you're life givers. You're life givers. You carry the author of life inside of you speak forth you give life so I want to pray this over you and we're gonna sing this together father may we be men and women of legacy on this Mother's Day that carries vision inside of us and the love of Jesus bursting out of us for every single person that we meet we want to be legacy legacy men and women for your kingdom for your glory in Jesus name we pray amen amen let's sing this together. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.